Hi, What The Hell Tech listeners. Um, this is the podcast where we tackle some of the uh, trending topics, best practice, um, and general ideas and trends that are going on within the health and social care. I'm your host this week, Paul Johnson. Uh, this week, we're speaking to Hannah Wilkinson, who has recently joined Radar Healthcare as Head of People and Culture. Throughout this episode, we're going to talk about positive culture and the important part that plays in recruitment throughout the healthcare industry. And with ongoing challenges, um, recruiting carers and NHS workers, for example, we think this is the right time to tackle this subject. Hannah has spent her career in HR um, with a range of different industries, more recently working within the veterinary industry um, for four years, where there has been an ongoing recruitment crisis due to vets and uh, nurses leaving the profession because of high demands within the role. So something I think that resonates with the health and social care. Recruitment and retention were always a top focus along with uh, well-being, work-life balance, standout benefits and being an employer of choice. Outside of work, Hannah loves to travel and has a passion for transformational (laughs) coaching, easy for me to say. (laughs) Hannah, welcome um, to What The Health Tech. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Fantastic. Let's start with culture. Yeah. How important do you think it is to create that positive culture in the workplace and in particular within the health and social care arena? Yeah, so, so important. So as you've already introduced, um, I am head of people and culture at Radar now. It's something I'm really passionate about. We are at the moment, um, I'm sure many people have heard this or seen it in the news, but we are living through a period called the Great Resignation. So a lot of employees are leaving their jobs, even with no jobs to go to. And yeah, it's very much a candidate's market out there at the moment. I think things are shifting and they have been shifting for a while, but especially more so probably because of what we've been through for the last few years. And a job isn't just a job anymore. A job is you want to come to work, you want to be in a positive, collaborative, inclusive culture. You want to enjoy being at work, enjoy working with your team and for the leaders that you work for. So yeah, it's really, really important. Um, Like I say, it is a candidate's market out there. And I think having a positive culture from a business perspective, it can be your unique selling point. It can give you that competitive edge. And I think, you know, relating that back to health and social care is a lot of the roles within that industry are very difficult roles. There can be really tough days. There can be a lot of compassion fatigue. There can be just a lot going on, again, especially in the last few years. So as employers, we should be doing everything that we can to make the workplace a great place to be. Yeah, I suppose, as you say there, you know, such challenging, demanding roles within healthcare, Mm. you know, and I suppose those challenges are going to be wherever you go. So culture is even more important and I and yeah do you see that you know if, if I'm a candidate and I'm looking to go and work I'm a nurse and I'm and I've got options which I invariably yeah. will have how where do you see the my first impression of culture you know and from a recruiter perspective yeah. how do you see that from your perspective how you get that across so I think there's lots of different avenues you could explore but something that um 
I think is really key to know is that you could have as a business the best culture you could have a really engaged happy positive workforce and people that love coming to work because of x y and z but like you say if you're not putting that out there if the candidates can't see that if you're that nurse that's looking for a change if it's not out there for people to see then it's not going to help you in that in that respect is it so I think getting it through on your job ads you know getting putting your values on there, putting an explanation of your culture, maybe some anonymous quotes from employees that are genuine, getting your social media, you know, depending on the nature, if you have social media, depending on the nature of the business, because I know, for example, well, most businesses have social media now, don't they, even NHS and and public um public sector but yeah making sure that you're not just marketing to your customers or clients or patients but you're marketing as well to potential candidates showing what it's like to work there um reviews on things like Glassdoor really important and probably the most powerful is word of mouth so having something like a team referral scheme in place so that you know if your nurses and doctors or social care workers whoever it is that work for you currently love working for you get them to tell their friends in the industry get them to to sing your praises or provide them such a great employee experience that they do that naturally and that will follow as well that that will spread um and yeah yeah no no i i I suppose it's like anything, you know, that it's a little bit like TripAdvisor. You get a very real experience or you certainly feel that. Whereas if you look on the website of a, you can think, wow, that looks an amazing place. And then when you read the reviews, so yeah, I suppose it's... It's, Yeah, it's, it's human nature, isn't it? I mean, me as a consumer, if I'm looking to buy something... I'm probably an influencer's dream because as soon as I see somebody that maybe I follow on social media or somebody that I know and trust likes, you know, a product or rave about a product, I want to buy it or it kind of, it confirms to me that I'm going to give this a try. So I think the same very much applies to, um, to the recruitment market. And if you know that there are people out there that are genuinely waking up in the morning happy to go to work excited to go to work because of the culture they're going into then of course you're gonna want a piece of that aren't you well i would as a yeah. candidate <laughs> no no most definitely have you seen have you got any have you seen some great examples where people and culture have been you know the front and center and you yeah. know within organizations yeah so there's um well there's lots of big examples out there so netflix and some of the really big companies but also um, lots of the smaller companies, I think, are doing it really well now. I think a lot of companies are moving. It depends on what culture you have, what culture you want. Um, but for example, a lot of companies now are moving to um, a more flexible way of working, which is in part, we haven't really had a choice because of COVID. But for example, where I worked before, we put a really big emphasis on, we had a family culture. So we put a really big emphasis on the fact that we were formed as a family business and we weren't for the last few years because the business was acquired but that remained as part of our culture so we had a lot of you know a majority of our workforce were parents or carers so we made sure that we had um flexible working we had a lot of part-time employees we did even small things like um sending easter eggs to our employees children at Easter you know with their name on it from Thorntons or whatever it might be things like that that are small little things but they build into the culture they pay dividends compared to you know I know salary is still important and then your benefits package and everything like that but taking the action that is in line with your culture um is really important and yeah I've um I've listened to a few podcasts as well in terms of 
about different smaller companies that about built really good cultures and some of the co- companies for example in the you know the sunday times best 100 companies um some really brilliant examples in there as well of just people that are getting it really right and it shows their um their churn rate is low people are raving about them they're um they're um reviews on Glassdoor and everything like that are just absolutely brilliant as well yeah no no I, I you know it, it it doesn't surprise me um but you can certainly see that it, some of those smaller gestures mm. um and, and that general engagement goes a long way and, it, and almost people do start to look at the culture as opposed to their benefits and package as it were yeah you I, meant oh, sorry go on. No, I was just gonna say I think that those little things are the things that and from so from my perspective as being someone that's organized those or implemented that you know i'd see the feedback and everything but also on the other end as somebody who's received a bunch of flowers on a friday thank you for doing this or some brownies in the post it that's the thing you talk about when you you know when you're having dinner that night or that weekend when you meet up with family or friends that's the kind of thing that sticks with you and you remember as opposed to the annual pay rise or whatever it might be both are important but there are really simple things you can do there that can have a massive impact. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned about well be your passion about well-being yeah. and um and again you mentioned about the almost the crisis that we're facing because mm-hmm. lots of things you know when we look at the pandemic the recovery the general pressures on health and social care across the whole arena. Yeah. Um you know look at staff shortages unplanned absences means that there's a greater pressure on those that are in work and trying to deliver that service with less people yeah um how do you see in terms of burnout and how you know what should we be doing to look out for it how can we support it how can we prevent it and you know and really help people on that journey yeah so again i think for the last few years working in the veterinary industry this is something that was um one of our biggest problems because we were short-staffed um and it's a high pressure job as it as it will be in health and social care and as many other careers are you need to bring your full self to work you need to be you know it's life or death you know you're performing surgery on pets on animals um you need to be there you need to be um ready to work and and in a good headspace to work and yet having a lack of staff having people walking out or being low on numbers has a big impact on that so the the really obvious thing is making sure that whoever it is that's responsible for it is doing everything that they can on the recruitment front being innovative being proactive being efficient on the recruitment front to ensure that we're filling those positions but in the meantime it is about looking after your current teams so you can only work with what you've got. Um, I know there are means out there of getting locums in and things like that, but if you haven't got the people in place, you can't expect a team that used to be a team of 10, that's now a team of seven, to be doing the work of 10 people. And the minute that you put that expectation on them, that's where you're going to have um, more of a turnover. You're going to have other people saying, do you know what, it's not worth it. We had to really put this at the top of our agenda because we had um obviously we all went through the pandemic and we had times where we had a lot of our teams furloughed um and then moving on from that there's just been a lot of turnover a lot of people were leaving the profession a lot of people were experiencing burnout experiencing mental health um illness because of the pressures of the job and the long hours and everything they'd gone through so i think being innovative with things like okay you have to deal with the cards that you've been dealt but what can we do to look after these people what can we give back to make sure that if things are getting really bad if they're coming in today to 
half the team have called in sick or something's gone on or something unexpected how can we make work as enjoyable as possible as you know and reduce that pressure on them so things like we put in place things like um well-being days so you know making sure that if someone's had two weeks of being really short-staffed and they've really worked their socks off and done overtime and things like that that they're off for a day next week no questions asked go and spend it doing what you want to do team building things getting the team together so in the pandemic that wasn't always an option but things like in in the work environment we would for two hours and we might have to split that into two teams because there's still a service to provide of course but we might split the into two teams and have like a Mario Kart tournament or get dominoes in or have like a crafts afternoon things like that they sound so you know they can sound a bit gimmicky and especially if you're quite stressed but the the feedback we got was just ridiculous of people just saying it was just nice to be with my colleagues and not be talking about work and just to relax for a couple of hours in work time um and yeah making sure that if you have the budget and if you have the um, opportunity to implement benefits and things like that and, and or improve benefits enhance benefits so you focus on something that is to do with mental well-being and whether that's an employee assistance program um any kind of health insurance or cash plans so that if people do get to a point where they're burning out they're stressed you know they've had a lot on there are things there as well to be reactive with it so whether that's therapy or counseling um you know different kind of different self-care tools different workshops and webinars they can go on to learn about journaling or meditation or whatever it might be looking at the whole picture and remembering that people are humans before they're before their employees or nurses or doctors or whatever it might be yeah i just something i picked up then and you said is you know because of some of these roles and the responsibility you said you have to bring your whole self yeah so do you do you see that there is a responsibility on employers to beyond the workplace. So people when, yeah. you know, so I brought my whole self to the, you know, and I, I've had a really hectic, you know, shift that might have been extending for 24, 36 hours in some cases. Yeah. I've then got to go home and then maintain, how do you see the responsibility of the employer when the person's left the workplace? Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, making sure that they get that protected time when they're away from work, <clears throat> I think is really important as well. So setting boundaries, ensuring that you're recognising if somebody has worked more than, you know, they would usually work or they've had extremely high pressures, making sure that we're recognising that and we're not adding additional pressures. Um, but also in terms, just on the topic of bringing your whole self to work, that goes beyond just creating a nice positive environment to work in. It's uh, all workforces will be made up of completely different backgrounds and different um, people from different walks of life and different interests, different hobbies, different beliefs. And it's making sure that first and foremost, the culture that you um, you want to create or the culture that you strive to create is an inclusive culture. So it means, you know, so you might be somebody that, for example, at the moment we're in Ramadan, aren't we? So that you know, if you have people within your coach, uh, within your company, sorry, who are um, currently undergoing through Ramadan, making sure that as a company you adapt, like you account for that, because that is probably going to impact how they would usually work. You know, if they're not eating or drinking through the day and then they're eating at night, can you make adjustments? Can you make, to in order to still get the job done, are there adjustments you can make for people because of their life outside of work that, 
means they can bring their whole selves to work and they can still be there and, and yeah, be their best selves. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Again, picking up <clears> on what you said, that, you know, everybody's human, but everybody's different. So mm. I suppose it's just as important not to have a one fix one you know fit yeah. all solution it's yeah. being accommodating to culture circumstance role yeah. many different factors yeah definitely if um <laughs> so i suppose it's very easy to say that um we're going to implement a positive culture and people are going to go through this change process and say you know make a conscious decision you know what would you see as the biggest challenges for an organization that wants to make a change or bring about you know you know, reinforcing their positive culture and any tips for, for people yeah. going through that? So I think, so we've recently um, attended a CPD event together, haven't we, based around this? And I, something that I took away from that, um, which I hadn't really looked at it in that way before, was that um, you aren't going, so if you're making a change in your culture, then chances are, because that's what well, hopefully it's to improve the culture, you maybe have recognised that something needs to change or something needs to adapt or maybe the business is growing or whatever the reason might be, a change needs to be made. With any change, you're not going to please everybody. But I think what's really important from a business perspective, from a leader perspective is, first of all, getting feedback, getting, you know, um, everybody bought in. So you can't, and I don't know if this is my opinion, and I think this is kind of this came through the other week when we did that CPD, but it's no good creating a culture based on one person's views. So yourself, for example, as a business owner saying, right, this is what I think the culture should be. This is it. This is what we're going to do because you have X number of other people there that that might not fit. Obviously, you do have to come to a, a solution and you've got to come to an, an outcome with it, but get feedback. Let your employees have a voice. Find out what makes them tick, what motivates them, what they enjoy, what they would love in a workplace. Secondly, um, communicate the whole way through. So make sure that people are, um, they know what's going on. They're up to date with everything that's going on. And finally, I think going back to what I learned at that CPD event is that you aren't going to please everybody. And chances are, if it's a change, you will have maybe a small percentage of people that are quite resistant to that change. And it's human nature to focus on changing their mind and kind of forget about everybody else that's jumping on board and are really championing the new changes that are coming into place. And also there's people in the middle that are just going with it and kind of seeing and they'll make their mind up once they're there. Focusing too much attention on that smaller proportion can really take away from the overall, whatever, what you're trying to achieve. Um, so yeah, I think that was a really good lesson that I learned recently is that, move in the direction that the collective wants to move in don't ignore those people that are struggling with it but communicate with them let them know why the changes are being made keep them involved try and keep them bought in but unfortunately there isn't like say a one-size-fits-all you aren't going to have the perfect culture that every single person is aligned with but the chances are the culture that you've chosen to strive for is made up of all your different people and then moving forward when you're bringing new people in make it part of the recruitment process so you know from day one that our company culture and our values align with your personal values and you know the culture that you would love to work in and then hopefully you're always going to have people joining and wanting to go on that same or maintain that same culture yeah i i, I picked up yeah similar powerful message being on the same um, course which was those detractors mm. can very quickly become advocates and champions so yeah you know 
once they understand the benefits to them. I think as well, just to kind of something I remember from the session, which uh, I felt was a really important message, which was, I don't know if you recall, but there was a an image of a plant pot that was fallen over. And yes. so one of the facilitators and uh, speakers um, was at an NHS trust um, and had, had been brought in to help them implement a change. And um, the story being that he was sat outside waiting to see the chief, chief exec of an NHS trust. And there was a plant pot in the corridor and it was laid on its side, a little bit of soil spilt out. And he watched half a dozen people go into the chief exec's office office and at times stepping over the plant pot. Now, it became representative of the culture because it was saying that there are things that are accepting of things that aren't acceptable. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, again, it's to get your views on how we monitor not not only where we currently are, but if we are in a change program, how are we measuring that success and that we are genuinely yeah. picking up and driving in the direction that we want? Yeah, definitely. I think just quickly going back to that is something a um, a phrase that's always stuck with me in my professional and my personal life is how you do one thing is how you do everything. So you can't, as a business, you can't profess to have this fantastic culture that everybody mucks in and everybody's, you know, whatever it might be, but but not, you know, then in, in a different circumstance, completely go against that. It's got to be something that's intrinsic. It's got to be something that is how you behave on a daily basis when nobody's watching. So, yeah, I think that was a really powerful story, wasn't it? Um, but in terms of measuring and, and and understanding, I think it's it's an ongoing thing, isn't it? It's not, you know, for an organisation, for example, that recognises something needs to change here and takes the steps and and does everything right to to change those things and to implement the culture that they want and that the team wants and to really get that right is brilliant but it doesn't stop there because it's a it's a fragile thing isn't it all it can take is you know a change in the stage of the business for example that can have an impact or it can be a personnel change there could be a few people a few key really positive culture champions leave and a few people join and we've lost that or it could be a change in leadership or whatever it might be that happens in in businesses day to day it has to be continually monitored it has to be you need feedback you need you know surveys or a bit like um in marketing is it an nps a net promoter score you need something like that essentially internally to find out you know touch points with your employees would you recommend other people working here what do you love about your job what would you change about your job how you you know how's your line manager how's that style because again you could have a fantastic company culture but if you have one manager that's managing a team of 15 and they aren't aligned with the culture that's the experience that that team have mainly day to day that's their most frequent touch point isn't it so yeah making sure that you're continually asking for feedback and then acting on the feedback when you get it so if you get feedback you know negative feedback or changes if it is necessary and feasible obviously not every you know you can't respond to every single piece of feedback as you may end up chasing your tail forever but if there are messages coming through there and the things that can be changed and should be changed then act on them don't just have a survey that kind of you get your results and it sits in a drawer act on the changes and similarly if you get really positive feedback I think use that use that again going back to recruitment get those messages out there in your recruitment get your your employees to tell their friends get your employees to maybe put a social media post on about how fantastic it is to come to work at x y and z company but yeah making sure like you say it's it's a continual it's a it's adapting all the time and it's it's 
as important on the agenda as the rest of the business objectives are because it only takes something small to potentially change it or send it in a different direction. <clears throat> yeah, that's, I mean, um, we were speaking earlier to Lee Williams, Chief Operating Officer and, and co-founder, and we were talking about culture and, you know, he highlighted, you know, the, the company is nothing without the people. The product is nothing without the yeah. people. So, they, you know, we have to put them front and centre and it's yeah. certainly something as an SMT that it's top of our agenda. I think... We've, you've highlighted engagement and communication. Do you have any practical tips as to how people might go ensuring that is in place? Because it, it's clearly a, yeah. a key driver to making that change successful. Yeah, so I think, like you say, and like I kind of said with the recruitment side, you could have the best culture or a lot of happy employees that think it's the best culture. But if you're not, if you haven't got a way to communicate and to um or to understand that or to you know the great initiatives that for potentially the SMT might be thinking up if that isn't feeding down to the rest of the teams then it isn't you know it's not people aren't aware of it are they so <clears throat> it depends very much on the business so for example in a business like ours where we're um, a tech company and we are mainly remote we do have um, hybrid working don't we but it's not a kind of we don't get big groups of people together very often although we are putting that in place um you know making sure that you've got those you can replace those what would have been water cooler moments or you know moments at the kettle if you can replace those by video chats by you know different instant messaging services by um something that i'm really keen and want to implement is having like a, a hr system that's a bit like a social media so where you've got somewhere where everybody knows to go and it's where you shout out the things like you know this person's just joined us and welcome them and everybody can welcome them or is this person's birthday or well done to this person for doing this having somewhere where you can keep continually drip feeding the messages that you want to to feed in there and to and you can follow through on your um you know on whatever it is that you profess to be as a culture but obviously that would be different again for for example in a hospital setting or a care home setting where everybody's on site i think making sure that you're bringing your teams together you're having you know you're not just there to get a job done do your own thing i think bringing your teams together um, again, another lesson from that event we went to is is breaking bread, making sure that you as a leader, but also as your teams with each other, they break bread, they eat together. They have just a bit of time where it's not all work talk and they, you know, they can just relax a little bit in each other's company, chat a bit more, be a little bit more um, candid. And, and that's really important as well. Um, but yeah, communication, whatever method it is that works the best for the type of business you're in, making sure that it's constant, making sure um, that you're updating, that if things are changing, people know, and um, that, yeah, there's no uncertainty, then build that trust and, and maintain it. Yeah. Um, I suppose from your perspective then, um, you know, around, you know, the positive culture and what, what would be your top three things that you would you know, advise, be your recommendation for any organisation thinking about, you know, a change or bringing about positive culture. And I suppose equally importantly, how would that, how would you migrate that into the recruitment process so it becomes a part yeah. of that as well? Okay, so um, without, because I feel like I've probably covered a few of these points already, um, but I'll just maybe touch back on them and just, sure. um, so I think, like I say, the feedback thing is really important. I think, 
and as an employee going into work whatever role it is that you might do wherever you sit in that business whatever department it is feeling like you've got a voice and you've got the opportunity to impact decisions you know you recruit people into your business for a reason everybody's got different talents different skills different backgrounds different qualifications whatever that might be utilize that allow your employees to have a voice and to feel like they can influence um they can influence whatever it might be um giving them that voice and asking for feedback and similarly asking for feedback on how we're doing as a you know it's a two-way relationship how are we doing as an employer what can we improve making sure you get that feedback and then you know just to kind of I know I mentioned this earlier but then using that feedback in terms of making changes and going back to recruitment using it for for the recruitment process if you've got fantastic feedback share it obviously with people's consent or anonymous or whatever that might be but share it secondly I think um recognition so recognizing hard work and rewarding it and also recognizing loyalty recognizing people's personal you know life events birthdays weddings whatever it might be as we said earlier they are they can be a really small it seems like a simple thing or you know quite a a low cost thing to be honest but that can really make somebody's day if for example somebody's going through a difficult circumstance in their home life you know or a health issue for example those are the things in my experience that stick with somebody that the fact that when they had this diagnosis or they went through that divorce or whatever it was that they had a bunch of flowers or a, a box of cupcakes turn up from you know their their team their family at the business and just say you know we're thinking of you we're here if you need you here if you need us um that I think is really important so recognition and you know going one step further than that if you can have a um a recognition scheme or something in place where it becomes part of it's not just about management and the business recognizing bits and bobs get your employees to recognize each other so a way an easy way that's meaningful to make sure those thank yous are continually happening so whenever somebody puts you know steps out and helps somebody or whatever it might be that we're fostering a culture of people saying thank you and you know and recognizing their colleagues for the great things that people do for each other day in day out anyway and then finally again it's one i've already mentioned but remember that your employees are humans before they're anything else and I guess that kind of I've covered that a little bit already just then as well in terms of people have you know life is a a weird and wonderful thing isn't it and I think we're all on a spectrum of um, different stages of mental health different life events going on different stresses outside of work you know different things you know careers people want to not everybody, but some people want to come into a company and progress and grow and develop and and upskill. And some people want to come into a company and become really good at that job and stay stable and do that. But recognize that everybody is different. Everybody is from probably a different background, different life experiences. Remember that they are humans first. And if you can maintain, if you can foster and maintain a culture where they feel like they can come in and bring their whole selves to work and bring all of that with them, but they feel supported to then still do their job. In my and I'm in a people role, so obviously I will be biased, but in my opinion, that's just as important, if not more important, than the rest of the business objectives that you need to get you there. Because if they aren't able to come into work or they come into work and they are 
not able to you know they're not supported with whatever it is that's going on then you know your customers aren't going to be served you know efficiently or as well as they could be it, it's not going to translate all the way through that service is it or your patients or whatever it might be um so just remembering that yes there are certain things you've got you know there are always going to be objectives and there are going to be certain business needs that you need to meet but if you can um satisfy that first you hopefully will get you will get people coming in who are motivated and committed and wanting to to do the best for the business. Brilliant. I, I mean, what three three great things? You know, and I think if you had them, you know, as your cornerstone underpinning, you know, your culture, you know, that feedback as you yeah. mentioned is a two way thing. Yeah. You know, as much as getting receiving feedback, you want to provide feedback. Yeah. I mean, recognition. I love the. I had really occurred to me that sometimes it is encouraging fellow work workers and yeah. uh, you know colleagues to recognize each other i think that's a, a really great one and then people yeah. you know recognizing that people are different and unique and therefore ensuring that you're set up to support in whatever shape yeah. or form that is definitely yeah. like going back to the recruitment side it is it's not enough anymore to and it should have never been enough but it's not enough anymore to have to offer the going salary and statutory holidays you've got to especially in the market run at the moment but moving forward we've got to we've got to show people why why if you can choose out of 10 companies why us because we might all offer the same salary the same amount of holidays some great little benefits here and there but why us and we as humans most people spend a majority of their time at work it's it's a huge part of your your human experience isn't it so why not create a place where you enjoy going and yes you've got to go in and get the job done but you enjoy it and you you get a lot of satisfaction from the people you work with and the people you work for and the product or the service or the care that you're providing to your customers or patients um it's really I think potentially sometimes maybe that gets forgotten because there's so many other things to to focus on, isn't there? Yeah. So yeah, really important. Brilliant. Um, something that we like to ask all of our uh, our visitors uh, and speakers is that within your career, um, is there a standout moment? You know, if it's something funny that you can be fun, it's touching, uh, emotive, whatever it might be. Is a can you call upon something within that kind of people and culture within your career that kind of resonates and always comes back to you so i had prepared for this question <laughs> what the hell the what the health tech moment and i was because i'm only as you said earlier i'm only um i'm four weeks into the health tech industry so i don't have one but now you've thrown me a curveball so i'm not really prepared for i suppose even within your career i mean yeah. you know it's it's people and culture you know this are the foundations of any organization so maybe calling yeah. upon that um one that jumps to my it's not it's not a it's more of a, a touching one i guess but i guess it does underpin everything we've talked about today so um without breaking any confidentiality so i won't mention company names or um or people's names or anything like that but we in a previous company had a one of our team members who hadn't actually been with us for that long were diagnosed with cancer and went through a really really difficult difficult time in their lives and for me so this is I guess this might be a bit of a, a somber note to, to end the podcast on but this is something that stuck with me in my career is that when I um, left that company they reached out to me and just said 
something along the lines of, and I won't go into details, but essentially the premise was, thank you so much for how you and the company handled X, Y, and Z that went on. That to me, um, like you will never understand how important and how much that changed my whole like situation at the time and how grateful I will be forever. And for that, it, it is something I think that will stick with me forever because it's it wasn't about, you know, we didn't do anything special or anything, you know, but it was about the, the care that was shown from, they were very much seen as a human going through a really, really difficult and, and life-altering, you know, period in their life. They were very much, everything else was forgotten in terms of they're a human going through something and we care about them. And the fact that, and I'm, this wasn't just from me, this was from senior management and from the business and all the different kind of their line manager and everything like that. The fact that that translated so well and that when they look back at their period in their life, they had such a good experience on the work front, which can obviously add an additional stress because not all companies are like that. I think um, that, yeah, that will stay with me forever. I don't really know if that answered the question. I think no. it was a bit off topic, but it is something that um, I think underpinning what we've talked about today that's so important that you can leave. That person in, in 20 years from now isn't going to remember um, what their salary was at the time or what bonus they got at Christmas. They're going to remember something like that. And um, it's really important, I think. Yeah, no, I 100% I agree. <laughs> and uh, sadly, we, 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 again, we'll go into details, but we have a couple of people that are having some challenges. And what impressed me and gave me faith that we do have a positive culture is first and foremost, it has just been about the person, how we can support that person in, yeah. in their time of need. Um, you know, and, and with no thought to work or mm -hmm. anything, it is, how are we going to support this person? And they are friends. Yeah. You know, and I, I did, I got a beautiful message from one of the person's wife, just oh. as a thank you and a similar kind of thing. And it kind of reinforced it for me as well. So thank you for that. Hannah, thank you so much. Um, some real great insights there. Certainly, um, you know, I'm looking forward to how we applied them and, you know, further reinforce what we're trying to do and yeah. hopefully listeners and people considering this can take them away as well. Yes. Thanks for everybody for listening this week. Um, next week we have Mark Fooster, head of um, products at Radar Healthcare. Uh, he'll be joining us as we look at a recent roundtable event um, where with the uh, Digital Health Rewired event, and the importance of adoption of innovation with the NHS, something I was part of. And it was, uh, again, a very emotive uh, conversation. So it'd be great to see and hear Mark's feedback. Don't forget to rate and subscribe um, where you get your podcasts. And if you have any questions for Hannah or any of our other guests, then please email whatthehealthtech at radarhealthcare.com. Thank you. Thank you.